Today's podcast is sponsored by Westminster Effects. Westminster Effects builds high-quality hand-wide guitar effects with a theological bent, geared to meet the ever-increasing standards of worship music while encouraging robust theology. Check them out at westminstereffects.com. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. What's up, baby? Nothing, nothing. What's up with you? Man, uh, it, we're in the office. We're back recording here. Yep. We've recorded uh, at the cigar shop. Cigar shop. We've we, recorded in my garage. In your garage. Which was too echoey. It was horrible. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Uh, but we could smoke there. That's it. That was awesome. It, that was great. But now we're back to not smoking. We're at the church, so there, there's no cigar smoke here. No. <sighs> I know. But hey, it's still going to be great. It'll be all right. It'll still no, it'll it'll be, be like awesome. a B minus. Nah, come on. C plus solid. All right. See? All right. So that's good. That's good. It's average. That. Uh, yeah, I guess it's above okay. average. Would you say well, C see, plus is above average? Well, it's. If yeah. C is the average. Uh, anything above I, that I is above average. I count like C minus to C plus. That is the average. I like, count all of that. No, then what are you, your upper average? Yeah. Okay, well, that doesn't make no sense. Yeah. No one has ever said I'm upper Bell average. Bell curve, fool. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. How's your week been? Um, I've been discouraged this week. Why have you been discouraged? I, it's too long to get into, but it has been, I have just felt discouraged. I don't understand how you felt discouraged when uh, a couple weeks ago you went to Carbondale. And last, this last weekend, we had the Doctrine and Devotion Conference with Jim the Man Renahan. Were you discouraged because he upstaged you? Um, well, no, no, because um, because we recorded. Are you really going to say yeah. that Jim Renahan did better than you? What I'm going to say is, are is you going to make a prediction that you did better than Jim Renahan? Here's my prediction. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows we are not recording this after those events. That's a good prediction. That's a pretty good prediction. But hey, it's the magic of uh, podcasting. I, I can't. I can't do the magic because I'm. I'm being honest. Like I've been discouraged mm -hmm. this week, uh, and I'm feeling good tonight. Like I. I, I feel like the the fog lifted uh, this afternoon. And Is that because? Well, because I met up with you. We're we're actually looking at each other right now. Uh huh. Locking eyes. Locking eyes. And uh, you complete me. And it's not. There's no square. And it. Yeah. So. I just feel like uh, it's been sort of a discouraging week. You know, it's like there's health issues with mm -hmm. my family, and uh, there's just a bunch of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, anyways, I'm feeling good now, and I'm happy to talk about your interview. Oh, we finally get into this. Dang, man. We've been sitting on this thing for a few weeks well, now. Well, we just wanted to wait and let it kind of breathe and take a step it's back. It's not wine, dude. Yeah, it, it is. It doesn't need to breathe. Oh, it's getting better. It, is, it has gotten better. Uh, the longer we've waited, I uh, think. Okay. I think I'm actually more excited now than I was when we. Oh first yeah, did yeah. It. I am more excited, but the podcast is the same. The the, the interview doesn't change. The interview. No, is no. Same. I think it, no. It, I think it, it's kind of like a transubstantiation that has occurred here. Oh, so there is some kind time, of over time. Over time. Well, uh, that's not how transubstantiation works. I know that. But I'm just works. saying at this one, at this one moment, <laughs> it doesn't. The it doesn't become the body and blood of Jesus. Over a period of time. No, but uh, you know what? Hey, if they can make up things, I can tweak those made up things. Oh, you can. You, you can. I make can up tweak your own made things. up things all I want. All right. So you went to Philly. I went to Philly, and I was there for a tattoo convention at the Villain Arts 
tattoo now, convention. And so you were there for another company that you yeah, run yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so you're at the convention uh-huh. and you found out while you were there, you got to kind of stay put at the convention. Like, what do you mean? What do you say? Stay put. You gotta, what does that you, mean? You basically, you can't really leave your booth and walk around the convention hall at the tattoo convention. Can you? Oh, you really going to share this? I'm not sharing anything. I'm just saying like, it's important for you to kind of, Okay. Kind of lock it down right where you're at, at the booth where you're selling like this, these products for <laughs> tattoo care, right? Isn't that smart? If, if, if there was a guy going to the tattoo convention in Philly, you would, Christian mm-hmm. guy, you'd probably say, eh, you know what? I'd just kind of stay put. Well, I'd say probably, yeah, you, you're going to want to avoid certain areas, uh, as well as learn to avert your eyes. So look down at the floor. Look down at the floor. Unless you're at a table selling products that you want to purchase. Yep. And even then, as people walk by, you kind of got to look down. Yeah, so stay, stay looking. So down. yeah, I did. I did struggle. I think uh, with I, I would walk around. At you weren't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't. <laughs> I was not ready for it. I began walking around. I was taking a look at things, and um, like I was looking at all the other art pieces. I was watching. I, I, I love looking at portfolios of of the artist uh, because I think there's a lot of creativity. I think there's a lot mm. of of uh, talent that goes into it great artists great great artists artists, yeah but then there was also like porn stars so like pornfolio not portfolios but they were like pornfolio yeah but it was more of a like standing up in nature like it wasn't like you would look down at the portfolio and flip the pages it was just all out there in the open there's walking around it was just walking around (laughs) uh and then there was like these so glad i didn't go they had these like shows and they like, and I would sit there in the booth, and they'd be announcing, "Hey, you want to head on over here because such and such is going to be hanging by the loops that's through their skin." Yeah, sure, right? Body modification. That's and all it. That and like, stuff, they would right? just be like flying through the air, you know. And I'm like, I, I don't want to go see that. Like, no. why? Who wants to see that? Or if you go to this back room, that's the burlesque show and right. stuff like that. So yeah, I had to. I learned uh, the lanes I was able to walk in, and I was really kind of. I figured out the way I can get to this one beef jerky vendor. Without- <laughs> there was not a beef jerky vendor at the tattoo yes, convention. Stop it. No, I'm, I'm not playing. Did you bring some home? Yes, I did. Did you give me any? No. Why not? Because it's really good. And you know what? I have not opened the bourbon one yet, so I will, you, I will like, Listen, that. you know I love beef jerky. I know. And this was great. This, it was <sighs> fantastic. And so I learned how I can walk and get there uh, without, like, or with avoiding the portfolio. The portfolio. So <laughs> good. So yeah, I mean the convention was great. Met a lot of great people. Um, but while you were hang, there, hang out with a lot of great artists. Now while you were there, though, mm-hmm. you you called an audible. That's a sports reference, by the way. Oh, well, I'm glad you're. Uh, that you know, is a sports. Uh, thank reference. you for educating me on right. this, Joe. An audible. Let me explain it to you. An audible. Okay, please tell me what is that is. When um, maybe you've got a plan, mm-hmm. and but in the midst of the play, you got to change it up. Oh, okay. So you're going to call an audible. You're going to say, like, we're doing this now, and you change it up, and then you uh, you hit the tennis ball over the net. Ba-boom. Wait, but how Something is that like an audible? Wait, who hits the tennis ball over over the net? I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you said over the fence. Yeah. I thought you tried. Uh, I used to I used to hit the ball in high school over the fence. Yeah, that's because you were a jerk. Listen, you know what? I don't want to be that podcast that talks way too much on the front end. Oh, okay. So while you were there, you called an audible, and um, you interviewed somebody you yes. got to hang out with somebody very cool somebody who uh, actually loves me quite a bit uh, uh you know and, and in this in this situation i actually can't deny that yeah. because on the front end when him and i had a phone conversation he was like i was like man uh, pastor doug logan of uh, epiphany camden um i was like pastor doug i appreciate that you're willing to take the time we're gonna meet up and stuff he's like 
I'd do anything for Joe. I Joe, would do anything for right. Joe Thorne. Joe Thorne currency, son. He did. He did say, like, he's like even if he did my <laughs> podcast, like, just knowing you, that you and Joe, like, that that Joe loves you, I love you. Yeah, Doug, I love you. So you got to interview Doug Logan. It's an amazing interview. It is so good. Uh, it's one of the best podcasts that we've ever done. I wasn't oh, I agree. part of it at yeah, all. Yeah, no, I think that's what kind of made it better. Isn't it better? Okay, then you and Doug can hook up. Oh, um, actually, we're hooking up in March. He's coming to Chicago. Yeah, well, because I'm here. No, um, because him and I have this one event that we're... Oh, I can't Yeah, you're not talking about it. I can't talk about it yet. All right. So, um, so he talked to Doug Logan. Now, who is Doug Logan? Some of our people know, some of our people yeah. don't know. Yeah, Pastor Doug is author of On the Block. Uh, it's a great book on, on missional ecclesiology in an urban context. Mm-hmm. Though I do think... It is uh, the the principles that he lays out are fantastic for any setting, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he does give some great stories, uh, personal stories and experiences that uh, that have happened to him. But he is the lead planting pastor of Epiphany Camden, uh, so it's a church that was birthed out of or sent by uh, Epiphany Fellowship right. with Dr. Eric Mason, yeah, and at the time Tenth Presbyterian mm-hmm. with Pastor Phil Riken, right, right. And so they encouraged him, and he talks about that, how he didn't want to. Yeah. He was planning on Well, why not? Camden's like a beautiful, like, suburban. <laughs> it's kind of, it's part of, you, you picture those mm-hmm. pastoral paintings mm-hmm. of, like, 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 communities where there's, like. How about this? Uh, Camden's like when that, I'm right? When I was getting, when my Uber driver was taking me. Yeah. And he goes, hey, uh, do you know where you're going? I said, well, yeah, I'm going to Camden. He goes, how are you getting home? I'm like, oh, I'll just Uber. You won't be able to. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, uh, Uber and taxis don't come out of camp. They don't go to Camden at a certain time. Yeah. So you're gonna have to find a ride, bro. You Camden know? is uh, one of the most dangerous cities in North America. Yeah, and he would say, yeah, it's just it's it's he's in the hood. So Doug Logan, uh, listen, this guy's ordained PCA. Yeah. Uh, and you cannot tell by this podcast. Um, <laughs> theologically he's on point but yep. uh but he is a different kind of guy uh yeah i just doug is a, is a great pastor he's a great preacher uh and he's also a great writer he's come out with this book on the block that i hope everybody will pick up um and he's on a bunch of he's not on a bunch but he's on a few different um church planting networks so he's, he's up he's high up in x29 x29 he's one of yeah he's on um, the executive committee thriving which is yep. an urban church planting network president um, of on the block Yep. So Doug Logan is a guy that you want to listen to. He's a, he's a guy that you want to hear from. Now, um, it was really cool to hear him talk about Camden in this. I loved the interview, Jimmy. You did a great job with it. Um, what, he, he said a couple of things here that I just want to mention on the front end. Mm-hmm. Number one, he, he, he mentions that he is not a planter hoping in gentrification. He's not looking to bi- rebuild a city but he is all about seeing people built up in Christ. Absolutely. That is just so dead on refreshing to hear, man. I and just, it's opposite of things like we've, we've seen with like the new city with, yeah. coming out of uh, uh, Tim Keller's church. Right. So I, 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 really, I really like that. Um, he, the, the, he said a couple of things here that people might have questions about. Yeah. Um, one is he makes the statement that in his church planting experience, many people belong to the church before they believe in the church. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people are going to want to nitpick on this because their panties are way too tight and they like to get, they, they just get all charged up over what they consider to be inaccuracies. So let me back up my brother here for a second. Um, 
when we're talking about people belonging before they believe, no, we're not talking about they belong to the church in covenant relationship. Yeah, we're not talking about, yeah. It's, it means that, that these are lost people who have come into the community of faith as outsiders, who know that they are outsiders, but who have fallen in love with the people of God before they are born again. Yes. They come to see and appreciate and just be overwhelmed with the love of of the people, which is the the big takeaway from this whole interview is love. Absolutely. Like he's pushing this through the whole interview. It's a, oh, whole, yeah. it's a sermon. The interview is a sermon on love. Absolutely. It's a great interview. Um, all right. But the second thing that he said that I don't have any defense for, and I just, I got to be honest. Okay. Because, you know, theological concepts come up. Um, the one thing that he said that a lot of you are going to have a problem with, even I had a problem with it, is when he said that uh, Jimmy has a better beard than I do. I just think that that's ridiculous, <laughs> and I don't have there's uh, Doug. That's I mean, you can be defrocked for that kind of nonsense. No, no, Pastor so, Doug, um, I, I on thank the defrock. You. That's your new book, um, you, you, <laughs> Pastor you should, Doug. I thank you for uh, speaking the truth in love. Uh, no, that was flattery. That's all that was. Mm-mm, yeah, Pastor Doug you and brought I brought him tight. some cigars or something. I, I, it don't right. matter what I. What yeah, I uh-huh. yeah, I know how it works. Well, all right, I'm just so, saying we close. All right, listen. We, we friends. Here's the interview mm-hmm. between Jimmy Fofo Fowler mm-hmm. and Doug on the block Logan. It's going to be great. Buckle up. It's an hour long. It's worth every minute. You better listen. If I hear any of you talking about how you turned it off because it was too long, you're going to hear from us. So check it out. And so if you don't know, uh, for our listeners who might not know you, Pastor Doug, do you mind giving us a, just a, let us know who you are? Where are you from? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. My name is Doug Logan, man. Excited to be um, the pastor of Epiphany Fellowship Church of Camden, mm. a church plan of Epiphany Fellowship of Philly, Dr. Eric Mason and 10th Presbyterian Church. And at that time, it was Dr. Phil Riken and still in relationship with, with 10th and um, Eric Mason's my father in the ministry. So, okay. yeah, we're right here in Camden, right across the bridge from Philly. We've been here since 2011. We're coming up on our fifth anniversary wow. in March. Wow. Um, I'm a board member of Acts 29. Okay. Board member of Thriving, um, president of On the Block Collective. Okay. Um, author of On the Block. Exactly. Um, developing yeah. a big biblical picture for missional engagement. And I believe that was also put out by Moody Publishing. That was definitely Moody Publishing. Down yeah. by your way. There you go. There you go. Well, actually, Joe and I have talked about your book in the past. Um, a, a fantastic book. If you have you have not read it, you need to go get it. We're gonna have a link in the show notes. Um. And actually, kind of, I want to talk about that. I do want to talk about um, your book and and some of the things um, that really struck me as I was as I was reading it. First, I want to thank you for it. You know, I want to thank you, true, glory, brother. Uh, yeah, you know, praise God for it. And I mean, here's the thing: is there's a lot of books out there on missiology, and there's a lot of books out there, you know, uh, from a um, suburban context. But to to hit like what you were talking about, especially, I think. You're in the intro or in chapter one, uh, you were really hitting on this idea of there are kind of two different ideas when it comes to missions. There's the guy that's the fly by night. He swoops in, gets the uh, gets in the walk down the aisle and he's out and there's no relationship. Right. Or uh, there's the pastor that is only focused to those that are within the church, yes. really strong discipleship and not not really engaging the community around them. And so for you, you you say it's got to be it's got to be both. There's got to be this this discipleship within community that is engaging those around us. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that was important. I grew up in um, an African American Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
man, I was well-loved. I did hear the gospel, man. And nah, he didn't use words like ecclesiology and John and Calvin are drug dealers where I'm from. So <laughs> it's a little different for me. Okay, okay. But yeah, man. So however, our, our, our evangelism often was flooded with tracks, you know, give out okay. these tracks. And we consider that planting a seed. And so we would go and then we would ask him to, you know, do you want to accept Christ right now? Do you know if you die right now, you'll go to hell? Okay, and gotcha. You do do if you get hit by a car, you're out. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And so, and then people would, you know, do the repeat after me prayer. I, yeah, this is, yeah. I, I, my name, my name, believe, believe, believe. And then they would dap you up and they would go back and report to the church that 13 people mm-hmm. gave their life to Jesus. What's their names? I don't know. I don't know. So, hold <laughs> on. What do, you, what do you say? Dap you up. What does that mean? Sorry. What is that? You got, you Give you a edu- handshake. It's just. Oh, okay. <laughs> You gotta educate me, Pastor. You gotta dap. That's what them dap. And so, and and then there was the other extreme that I, I came to learn of. Um, often these are more in my in my white churches and it's and in, in, in other African American churches as well. Mm-hmm. Um, were it was all about discipleship. Yeah, you know the six year new member class to yeah. make sure you were legit. Before we baptized you, exactly, so that you know the water was pure when you when you went in it, and so they spent all that time. And often the high discipleship church had very little engagement to the lost. Okay, and the high evangelism team had very little development for new disciples to mature and develop them in in the faith from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. Yeah, and so when we do it together in community, bro. So now. You know, um, Roland Allen talks about this as a spontaneous expansion of the church. It's, okay. It has a lot to do with being missionally engaging, living in community while being missionally engaged. Exactly. And so now I'm I'm hearing the gospel, ch- being challenged by the gospel, challenging others by the gospel, because we're in this awesome gospel community. That's right. We got the gospel gumbo going. We got the music. We got <laughs> the sacrament. We got some good worship. We got some good football. We got mm-hmm. some good parties and at the same time we got some good church discipline yes we got some good challenge we got some good smack you in the face yep. if you don't want, want to listen we call you to repentance and then at the same time we're still sharing the gospel and being challenged by it it's got to be comprehensive and i i love the way you wrote it in your book here uh you say this isolated they are both incorrect Missions without a strong foundation in the church creates wandering believers who roam outside of communities. As a result, their faith rarely reaches maturity and produces weakness of conviction. Conversely, those who keep the church separate and distinct from missional engagement stifle the gospel. Such thinking fails to catch the urgency of God's calling to all believers to spread his word. You can't have one without the other. And like you said, it's got to be comprehensive. It's got to be both together. Yes, yes. And I, and I believe Jesus did that well, and Paul did it well. Yeah. I, I lead off in the book with some people who I think killed it for Jesus' name. That's right. for the glory of Messiah. Exactly, exactly. And see, one of the things I, I was really kind of struck with, though, was uh, if you read the book, there's going to be lots of stories, lots of great stories, uh, all to the praise of God. But you could actually, and I know it, I don't feel it's like your intention to do it, Pastor Doug, mm-hmm. but I could see your heart in there too. And I think that's the thing that I, I really want to touch on right now because uh, you are a firm believer in actually emotionally engaging in people's lives. 
See, it's not like I just come and I'm going to tell you I'm the guru going to swoop in and I'm going to tell you what you need to do to be saved. I'm going to tell you what you should be believing, though you do share the gospel, though you do call them to repentance. But you do that life on life in community, whatever cliche people want to say. Sure. But you use the word emotionally involved. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a Star Wars, Clone Wars guy. So yeah. There's no evangelistic Yodas. <laughs> We're all Padawans of Jesus. And so therefore... We're all Padawans of Jesus. Hashtag Padawans of Jesus. <laughs> so therefore, you know, my examples lead out in my relationship. Yes. Because mission, um, relationship yeah. doesn't come out of mission. Mission comes out of relationship. I like that. Therefore, man, if we just, if me and you, me and you and Joe and our pastors get together yeah. and we just put together a, a project. Yeah. When the project's over, we're not friends, but if we're friends and we do a project. That's right. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I, it's a paradigm shift there, right? Like it's not, it, it's not uh, that because I'm on mission, it's going to cause a relationship. It's we, we have a relationship. Here's the mission field. Here's the mission. So that requires an emotional mm -hmm. connection because you move from a project and a platform for my preaching. Yes. And you move into a person in my life. That's right. And That's so right. once you become a person in my life, now I cry for you. Yeah. Now I hurt for you. Yeah. Now when they shooting at you, it bothers me. Yeah. And it's not simply, oh, well, I shared the gospel with them. I gave it a try, but he kept selling drugs. Oh, well, yeah. no, I pain for him. When I hear he's been shot, I go to the hospital. I don't say, well, he don't listen. Yeah. But you got to set yourself up. But what it does, Jim, it sets you up to be vulnerable. Exactly. And I think that's the thing that people struggle with, right? Yeah, they don't, you don't want that vulnerability. You know, everything's at risk here for me in the inner city. Yeah. I share the gospel with somebody, invite them to my house for a sandwich. I'm a coffee snob, so I'll have some coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. Cats on their way to the weed spot. Come on in here, man, get some coffee. And I'm and I, I got me some Israel Houghton um, blasting in the living room, <laughs> talking some Jesus to him mm -hmm. with some eggs and with some grits and eggs. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you know, for all I know, they got guns, drugs, or whatever. Exactly. Now, I hope they don't. Yeah. But it sets me up at risk at that one point. And then secondly, in the hood, it's so transient. So when you think of Camden, think people rent here between 19 and 23 months before they transition to another place. Gotcha. And so, yes, you spend those 22 months and then they disappear mm -hmm. and you're connected. You chase Facebook down, you're running them down, but it's hurtful. They go to jail. They die. Yeah. And it, but your emotional attachment sets you up for tears, for pain, for some sleepless nights, but it's worth it. And I think you even say that in your book. You talk about what you want for the hood. I think is the way you word it. What, what you want for the hood, for the people here, is hope and family. Yes. Right? That they would, that they would find that hope, that they'd leave this hopelessness, that they'd find the hope that's only found in Christ and be part of this community together. A absolutely. Often in the hood, you know, we grew up, I grew up in the church where you couldn't even be on the choir unless you were a member. You had to go gotcha. do the mem new member class. Yeah, yeah. You had to walk the aisle. You had to say the repeat after me prayer. You had do to all those right things that they want to see. Then you could join. In the hood, we belong before we even believe. Mm. So people have 
felt like they belonged to Epiphany Camden. And many of them weren't believers, but were going to the church for for six to eight months. Yes, I remember reading that. Yes, and yes. they were hanging, and they wouldn't touch communion. Mm-hmm. So they understood the respect, and they understood the table. They understood the significance of what was going on. If an atheist can't reject your preaching, you ain't preaching. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't preaching the Bible, exactly. And so, yeah, and so my own son, who walked away from the Lord, my oldest son, Bernie, man, um, he he would visit every now and then. He wouldn't touch communion. Mm-hmm. He understood that. And the moment when you see them ask you, what's up with communion? Everybody calls me Pastor Diddy. So what's up with communion, Diddy? I said, what's, what's up with Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Do they call you P. Diddy for short? Oh, they call me everything. <laughs> so I got here. I was Pastor Doug. Doug's ain't like calling me Pastor because that was weird. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wear Jordans and polo. So mm-hmm. nobody, I, I didn't look like a pastor. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so they, so one of my good friends who was a member of the church now and uh-huh. came to faith, Buck. Um, he said he started calling me P D. Okay, okay, and then he started changing it to P Diddy. All right, all and right. Then it's just Diddy. <laughs> and so Mayor calls me Pastor Diddy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, um, so but they, they Diddy, but he wanted to know about communion? the table. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that communion? I said, What's up? What's up with you? Ain't walking with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm walking with Jesus now, Joker. <laughs> well, walk up there and get communion. Go, go, go get some. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's been that level of real for us yeah. and um um in our context just it's it's um it's been interesting and different yeah and we've let god drive i didn't come in you know often the church planner wants to drive and control the narrative mm-hmm. i've enjoyed watching god yeah. write the narratives of this church plan it's been fun to watch. He's yeah. the author and finisher. That's Dog right. On it. I'm a reader on a Kindle. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not an editor yeah, of, yeah. This, of the faith of these people. That's right. I, I just get to enjoy the story. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that emotional attachment is real. Yeah. It's 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 real when there was one cat, man, young boy, come right. And Jim, you just been at my house. Yeah. So his, his grandmother knocked on my door and jumped on me and told me my grandson is wilding. What's up? What's up, Diddy? I says, well, okay. Um, I'm a fisher of men, not a hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I, you know, if I catch him, mom, I, I you know, I jam him up. I, I, I'm, I, I do that. Yeah. And um, so I saw. So I guess she said something to me. Came around that house. Okay. And I was outside cutting the grass, and he said, "Yo, Diddy, what's good?" I says, man, your grandma came around here trying to fight me, man. And so she got to fight me. I got to fight you. Yeah, yeah. So what's up? <laughs> when you coming back around the way, man, come on, man, let's go up here to Applebee's, get this two for 20. And we need to re-talk about, you know, your profession of faith and yeah. your desire. He says, you know, I'm just struggling, man. Ba ba ba. Next thing you know, that was at 930. Mm. He was dead at one o'clock. Oh. Shot dead, 16 years old, about a block from here. Okay. Shot dead. I love that little young guy. I played with him, laughed with him, ate hot dogs with him. Mm-hmm. He chilled at my house. Knew his grandmother and grandfather. Good folk. Loved Jesus. Yeah. And I hurt for him. I cried. And um, yeah, there is emotional attachment. There is an emotional connection. Yeah. I cried for him. And I went hard for his brother, and I said to his brother, younger brother, bro, come on by the house, man. Yeah. Let me give you some of this Jesus juice. Let's talk about it. So, yes. I mean, and for those, you know, you're talking about 
the author and, 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 and Camden, for those that don't know, I'm going to read kind of what, how you describe Camden in your book. Go ahead, brother. Uh, and here's the thing I want to make you guys know, like, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know what time it is. It's at night here. And my Uber driver, I get in the car. He's like, uh, are you, are you, why are you going to Camden? Why are you going to Camden, New Jersey? Like, do you know where you're going right now, sir? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go be with my friend. It's okay. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, don't try to Uber later on. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, people aren't going to come by. Right. <laughs> I was exactly. like, okay. So here's what, uh, here's what you wrote, wrote, Doug. Camden has a violent crime rate seven times higher than the national average. It has ranked in the top violent cities in America for decades. The crime index in Camden is 600 times higher than that of the nation's average. This city has a population of 77,000 people crammed into nine square miles of land. One writer said this of Camden, quote, Camden is where those discarded as human refuse are dumped, end quote. According to the citydata.com, of the approximately 77,000 people in Camden, 44.8% are African-American, 45.7% Hispanic, and 3.6% white. The unemployment rate in the city is about 11%. The median household income is 22000 About 43% of the population live below poverty, and about 31% of the adult residents have not completed high school. Camden is a city in need. It was rated as the most dangerous city in America in 2015 by NeighborhoodScout.com. And that was reported by NBC Philadelphia. So why Camden, right? Like, I, I have to ask that, right? Like, I have to ask <laughs> why Camden because, I, I, yeah, reading your story, I mean, you, you were in Philly. You were at two different churches there, if I remember correctly. Right. And you had originally been looking at planting another church in Philadelphia, right? But it was, I believe, it was Doctor Mason. Uh, was it Doctor Mason and Doctor Riken? Exactly. That were encouraging you to to explore this possibility. Yes. And you and your wife Angel were driving around, and then at some point started stopping on the street and evangelizing, like sharing the gospel <laughs> with with random people. Yeah. So why, 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 but why Camden? Like, you see what I'm saying though? Like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, bro, I was at 10th and Epiph doing a dual residency, man. Mm -hmm. And I was going to Germantown. Um, Dr. Tripp, Paul Tripp was one of my mentors at 10th when he was on staff there. And I remember he, he and Phil Reichen introduced me to, um, to, yeah, to Tim Keller at one of our general assemblies, um, PCA general assembly. Don't ask. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and, and I'm, he, Tim Keller lived in Germantown when he worked at um, Westminster Seminary and um, Westminster. I'm sorry. And um, yeah, man, he was talking about Germantown and I shared the vision. He thought it was awesome. And he just was very gracious to me and very generous with his time to just sit and talk with me. And so I was going to plant in Germantown. Germantown's very multi-ethnic. Um, it's very it's got a lot of interracial couples. Yeah, yeah. So me and Angel were going to go. And for those that don't know... Angel is white. Yeah, okay, just to make sure. But... Can't trick you if no. I had a picture. <laughs> we got three African sons. <laughs> what? I, I, Joe, I didn't say that. Joe, I did not say that. You told Joe. me to say it. No, Joe. I did not, and, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we were going to, you know, um, plant in Germantown. And one day after staff, um, Dr. Riken, I call him Dr. Phil, mm-hmm. um, he, he's, <laughs> he says, Doug, I think... 
God may be calling you to Camden. Yeah. And I looked at Phil like, Joker, you go to Camden. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you sending me? Yo, pretty white self. You go to Camden. <laughs> you go there. And um, he's a dear, dear friend and dear, dear brother. And I just looked at him like, man, I, I jokingly said on an interview before, I, I wanted to find his car and slash his tires. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so after I finished staff at 10th, I would take, I would have to go from 17th and Spruce to 17th and Diamond. That's like going from Beverly Hills to Beirut. And then we would go <laughs> to Epiph. And I got yeah. to Epiph. We were at staff. And me and Dr. Mason were t laughing and joking like we do, getting ready for our elders meeting. Mm -hmm. And he started asking me questions about Camden. And I said, he says, you know, my boy called me from Camden. And I was like, yeah, I know him. Da, 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 da. He said, see, you need to play Camden. <laughs> so I said, you've been talking to Riken. <laughs> so I only got his number. And so, um, yeah, man, so that later, so that next day, I preached that Sunday, and Pastor Mason got on there and says, Doug's thinking about planting in Camden. I said, no, I ain't. And um, so that Monday, my wife worked in South Philly right by 10th Press, which is right by the Ben Franklin Bridge, mm -hmm. which goes right into Camden. Gotcha. So me, I said, babe, let's go yeah. to Camden so we can let these jokers know God ain't calling us to no Camden. That's not where we're going. So – Let's go let the Holy Ghost tell us mm -hmm. so we can come back and tell them what the Holy Ghost said. Yeah, yeah. We get over here. We're driving around, man. And, man, the Lord just broke our hearts for the city. I'm from Patterson, which is like Camden North. Gotcha. Up towards North Jersey and, I, and in North Jersey. So I was like, man, my heart was for this place, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. It was weird. And um, so we were riding out and. My wife just started crying. I had to pull over. And in so doing, she was like, she was like, Doug, it feels like the devil pulled a vacuum up to this place and sucked the hope out of this land. Mm. We got to plant a church here. I says, well, we're going to pray that somebody plant a church here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we're going back across the bridge to Philly <laughs> and get ready for Germantown. Yeah. That later that night around 10 o'clock, if you know me, I go to bed at 8 o'clock. And so. Yeah. Oh, so, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> We're way past our bedtime amen, right now. Amen, amen. I needed coffee for this interview. And so um, my wife's going to kill me later. But, um, yeah, so I went back like 1030, man, yeah. and just drove through. I pulled over crying, man. I just started, I just pulled over. It was late night, and I just, man, was sharing the gospel with a couple people, talking to people. Like, man, what happened if a church came in, man, yeah. trying to get it on the block? And, man, I didn't get rejected by nobody, even late in the evening. I got back in that car, came home. I told Pastor, Pastor Mason, Pastor E, I called him. Um... I said, Pastor, man, I think the Lord might be calling to Camden. He said, I told you. I told you. I told, you. I told Riken the same thing. And he said, I told you. <laughs> and so, man, we just saw the neglected inner cities. Yeah. And when we talk about reformed theology, there's, mm -hmm. no ref there's often no reformed churches in inner cities. They've long since gone. Yeah. This is not a money-making endeavor to plant a church in the inner city. No. You're not going to come to self-support no. in three years. No. It's a long haul. It's rugged. Yeah. You, the schools aren't great in Camden. They're not good. So it's dangerous. You can get killed. There's yeah. gang war. There's rape. There's violence. There's poverty. There's drug sales, drug addicts, drug dealers. There's everything. Yes, it's dangerous. Yeah. Yes, it's scary. And even because I'm black don't mean I'm used to that mm -hmm. or I get used to it. No, I don't get used to murder and yeah. violence. It still makes There's me There's still cry. a worry for you because you still have children. And actually, your kids are here. Amen. Your grandkids are here. Amen. And so it's not like, you know, just it's just you and your wife. I've actually thought about that in the, in the past for my wife, Michelle, and I. Like if we were able to go and, I, you know, 
uh, would I feel better if it was just us? You know what I mean? Like, right. like that fear. You even talked about that uh, later on in your book. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but here it's not a, like it was just you and your wife. It was you, your wife, your son. Yeah, my two, my three sons. Your three sons yeah. and your grandkids. Yeah, man. You all came. Yeah, we here, man. And so by God's grace, man, you know, old church, we say the safest place to be is in God's will. Yeah. So, man, I'm home here. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of love here and man, um, God has protected us. Amen. God has provided. We've made some good friends of some, some active felons and some former felons. Yeah. And it's the same gospel. That's right. Jesus doesn't take steroids to come to the hood and then drink lattes for the suburbs. Oh, goodness. It's not how it works. Yeah. The same power that works on Wall Street is the same power that works in the bottoms in That's Camden. Right. And so, yeah, so we come on that. And, you know, we call it the most dangerous city in America. That's what the news called. That's it. what the news called. It, yeah. But you know what? You know what my neighbor calls it? He calls his home. Yeah. And so, yeah, man. So we we wanted to bring a, a picture of Jesus first. Yeah. Family and hope. Yeah. People want to know, Jim, people want to know that God hears and God cares. Yeah. And that's our message. I, I, I don't need the exegete to tell people that Jesus hears and Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't need a lexicon. For yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I think this whole time you've been talking about and you end actually that whole section about Camden and what's going on. You end that section with this. And this is where God called me and my family to plant a church. Yes. There's that that trust and that faith in knowing that it's not a decision that and it wasn't a decision you wanted to make. Amen. It was the spirit of God. Uh, and the will of God for you guys to be here. And you trust in that. And I think for church planters, they need to understand that, right? They need to understand the calling that God has given them. And the implications of that calling is the presence and power of God um, amongst you and your people. That's what, Jim, without that, I am packing up and going to a safer place. Exactly. Without that, I am doing Florida over this snow. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Without that, yeah, I do want a pool in a garage. Mm-hmm. All going straight. But because of God's calling. See, the difference is, and this is where I, as I coach church planners, I'm shocked that God would consider a low dirt like me anyway. So if he would hire his former enemy to be on his staff anywhere in his kingdom. That's right. It's a good job. That's right. It's it's a good job because I was self-employed by sin, working full time and overtime for the devil, mm-hmm. for God to look on my lower state yeah. and and shine on me his favor and his countenance to transform me from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm. I'm guilty of high treason against a holy God. Yeah. I should be pushing death's pillow. I should be in a Christless grave, That's in right. a Christless hell. But if he calls me to Camden, that is a paradise if Jesus is calling. That's right. So, I, so I'm happy in Camden. I'm happy in Jesus. So if he's Amen. got, if I'm in Jesus and I'm in Camden, my identity is Jesus, not the decadence of my city. That's right. And my hope is not in a gentrification or a, a remodeling of buildings. Yes. But it's in the building up of human beings that don't know. Them. Yeah. It's in, yeah, we, we build up people and they build the city. I hope you guys can really kind of gauge and feel and get a sense 
from Pastor Doug the love that he has for his neighborhood and the love that he has for God. And actually, uh, I just want to to kind of talk about this here or, or mention this. Uh, you talk about Anthony Hamilton. You know, Anthony is a soul and R&B singer from Charlotte, and he sings earnestly and beautifully about the problems facing his community. He sings of gunshots, sirens, death, suffering, homelessness, hunger, poverty, poor education, crime, unemployment, and yet ain't nobody worrying. And you say this, he sings about the pain of his block because he knows the pain on his block. In just the same manner, the church, when it seeks to engage and agonize over its community, must know the community intimately. You are not just flying in. You it could have been you could have had it safe living in Philly and driving into Camden, <laughs> right? But you didn't do that. You said, "No, I'm going to get to know these people. I'm going to get to know." And actually, I shouldn't even use that word cuz you don't like that word. Us and these people. I read <laughs> I read that section. I read I read your book. I read oh, your book. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But you know what I'm saying though, and that that's you know, uh but you said, I am going to, this is where I am going to be rooted in. Yeah. yeah. And, and by God's grace, man, a host of families moved in. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, one of my, one of the other elders lives across the street and my son and the worship leader live next door in the house. And uh, one of the other pastors, Pastor Ernest Grant lives around the corner and we all live here. Mm-hmm. We, we're here. We pay taxes, you yeah. know? So, um, you know, the idea of incarnation is local and present. Now, listen, you don't have to live on the premises to stand on the promises. Uh-huh. But in urban ministry, it is an effective, effective model. It's not a mandate, yeah. but it's an effective model. I feel like it communicates something, though, if you're not willing to live in the community. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it? Like, I feel like then, especially if, like, well, for me, for me, if, if I tried doing that, I f- feel like I'd be communicating, here comes half-white Jim. Here comes half-white Jim Jesus coming to swoop in to teach us. And then swoop out, right? I think, it, I think, I mean, sometimes people are providentially hindered, so I don't want to be critical of those, but there are people that maybe are too afraid. Yes, no, absolutely. And you're right, Jim, it does, it can have a connotation mm-hmm. of um, mountaintop valley, um, messianic superman gospel yeah. preacher yeah. and yeah man i mean i think about jonah and i say this not theologically but just very topically mm-hmm. you know he preached in the city then he went to the suburbs to look and see if the city was going to be destroyed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah it got came right out it got showed how that tree could be destroyed right in the suburbs <laughs> So yeah, bro, you ain't you ain't escaping the destruction. The safest place for you is in God's will. So yeah, yeah. so being in the, being here, yeah, you know we have bad water. You, they, of course, they say never drink the water in Camden. It's been rusty and jacked up for years. And so you know, I when I when when my neighbors drink rusty water and have rusty water, so do I. Yeah. When they shoot on the block, they duck, and so do I. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we are connected in community, and so there's a level of connection yeah just by me being here without a doubt and there's also a level of care that me and my wife have been able to deliver from this proximity mm. yeah from this proximity i mean i've broken up nice knife fights in my yard out front i've talked people out of shooting somebody on my block mm. and i couldn't have done that from the suburbs you know what i'd heard if i was 
you know, 25 minutes away. Yeah. What's the name's dead? Get down here. But by God's grace, I've seen him out there fighting. And I come out there screaming, yo. Yeah. It's, man, it's, it's 4th of July, bro. <laughs> Eat a hot dog. Put yeah. that gun away. Yeah. And I've been able to talk people off the ledge and love them and talk them out of shooting and talk them into the electric slide. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and that's what this proximity has been yeah. for us. And it's, and it's been great. And man, I've been adopted here, man. I'm mm. loved here. Family's here. You know, you know, um, you know, as a, as a young black kid, I always would watch when we would watch the scary movies, they would always be in the woods. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Jason and them were coming kill you and mm-hmm. I when I go too quiet I get scared out there you know mm-hmm. out in the woods that's where the that's where the mass murderer comes that's right yep, yep. Kills you. I'm safe in the hood I can I know who got the gun in my neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> I, know I know where it's where, coming from I know where it's I, coming from no we're not the walk you yeah know? yeah so yeah so I'm safe here I feel safe here my kids are safe here we serve here we love it we are adopted loved and man, Jesus is saving folk here. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, so I'm, I, I didn't come here for safety. I came here to serve the Lord. That's right. And by God's grace, he threw me this, this whipped cream on the top of my caramel macchiato, you <laughs> know, called safety. Yeah. But I'm safe in Jesus. And even if they killed me, that's a part of the calling. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, safety is just a blessing from God. It's just a, it's just a little gift. And yeah, and I don't say that like, well, you know. Just come in here and get shot up. That's yeah, not yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Don't, yeah, you're not saying don't be wise. You're yeah. not saying don't use discernment. You, you know, like. But, but calling, call, I mean, calling, I'm not, calling, that means something to me. Yeah. Hearing Jesus say go, yeah. be there with those people. You know, um, I, I believe in the, in, the, in the gospel of place. Mm. You know, I believe in that. I believe that. You know, um, people being placed in cities. I mean, we look at Paul's missionary journeys. They didn't ambiguously mention he was over there. Yeah. Iconium and Lystra. Those were places. That's right. He That's was called right. to. Man, that means something. And exactly. he got his behind whooped in Acts 14. Yeah, yeah. He got yeah. his behind whooped in Acts 1. He got back up, preached the gospel to that city. And look at look at the tagline on Paul's webpage. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, no. if he was today, nobody would join his church. No. You, know, you got to have something cool like for the city. Yeah. <laughs> that brings him in. That but, brings him in. But through many beatdowns, mm-hmm. this is how we live out the gospel. Man, and that's what Paul, so those cities, Lystra, Iconium, you know, and of the 13 letters, we got mm-hmm. tons of cities. Why are those cities listed? Because yeah. there was a gospel and a calling to a place. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Westminster Effects is sponsoring the podcast today. And not only do you get these high-quality hand-wired guitar effects with the theological bent, but you get the same boutique handmade quality gear without destroying your wallet like i'm, I'm for, not a musician dude i'm yeah. not a musician i love music i like music mm-hmm. i also like stickers and graphics well, and when you look at what they make like it's all are, are you talking about the osteen distortion no the, you can pump health wealth and prosperity into your tone with the osteen distortion i have not that's seen a that great one. pedal oh. that's a great i think that's amazing <laughs> they're really clever or how about this you can set your delay time from before the foundation of the song with the tulip tap tempo. Okay, I don't know about all that. I just like some of the graphics that are on. The I know, thing. but they're I'm great graphics, about. and I think they're really clever. And guess what? You could use the promo code Doc and Devo and save fifteen percent off your order 
through March 31st. 15 percent? 15 percent. That's like half, right? No, it's not half. That's 15. Joe, that's not that's not half. That's not even a quarter. Oh. That's less than a quarter. It's still extremely generous. Yeah. But don't say it's half and you're misleading our people. It's but it's pretty good. It's, it's it, like well, it's I like it, half. I think it's great. 15 percent. Like he's giving away you know, three quarters of his profit. Yeah. That's pretty is good. That, what that is? Actually, I have no idea what three his profit quarter? margin is. Oh. But I'm just saying the man is being generous. Yeah, he is. So you guys want to head on over to WestminsterEffects.com. And again, use your promo code Doc and Devo for fifteen percent off your order all through March thirty first. I want to switch gears now, and I want to ask you a question. Um, how do I word this in a way that is appropriate? So, <laughs> all right. Uh, I think I think we could both agree. Uh, you're African American. Yes. Okay. Okay. I can't trick you. I thought I could. Fool I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, and you are. I mean, you're in. You as you call the block. I mean, you're in the hood. Amen. Amen. And you're a church planter, but it's not charismatic, <laughs> and it's not Baptist, but it's like like a general Baptist. It's you're Presbyterian, and I'm not trying to like be like I'm not trying. I hope I'm not being offensive when I'm I'm you know using stereotype. I hope I'm not doing that. That's not, not what I'm trying. You're not, bro. Talk, man. You at my house. You laughing? Okay. Uh, how does that work? Like, how does it work that you're how is that received here? Like, like, how is reformed and Calvinistic theology received here? Especially because I think there's a there's a there's a lot of baggage that kind of comes along with that. I come from a strong tradition of reformed theology, Saint Augustine. Okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, man. Well, I'll say this. Um. People in the hood, particularly in high concentration of poverty, um, nobody's cared so much so about my denomination. Okay. In some areas, maybe there would be challenges because my wife is white. Okay. Okay. Um, I could be a sellout or, you know, married outside of his race. I could be looked at like that. But what I've learned about the inner city where I'm from is... We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. And when we don't have anything, mm -hmm. love trumps. And I'm not talking on some, some goofy universalism. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the love that we share with them. Coming here, being here, loving them, being family, being on the block, yeah. sharing the gospel. I don't, I don't give out Presbyterian turkeys. Yeah, yeah. I give out turkeys that they can cook. I don't give out <laughs> Presbyterian hugs. Yeah. I give out hugs from my heart. Yeah. 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 I don't, you know, I don't preach necessarily Presbyterian theology. I like to say, I believe I preach the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, um, most of my folk don't know a Presbyterian from a Baptist because they haven't seen almost anybody. Gotcha. Okay. And so when you show up with the love of Jesus, mm -hmm. I don't lead with Presbyterian. I don't lead with reformed. I lead with the love of Jesus, powered by the Holy Ghost, yeah. and a desire to see the least, the last, and the lost get punched in the face with grace, period. And so by the time we have this Presbyterian conversation, they've been at the church. Gotcha. And they don't, that don't mean nothing to them. It's like, well, he's Presbyterian. I heard a dude from the hood say, you know, he's like, well, what denomination is it? And he said to him, 
I don't know. I guess we're Presbyterian. <laughs> and so my man was like, cool. Like, and he says, so I asked him, I said, how is that cool? He said, man, I don't even know what Presbyterian is. So it's got to be all right. <laughs> it's got to be all right. If you in and I know you love me and it's everything's fine. Yeah, man. And, and for me, through the PCA, man, my relationship at 10th Presbyterian Church, yeah. they've supported, they've been behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's just been, I've had a, a, a decent time. I've had my own challenges okay. with, um, you know, um, with race and issues of okay. race from our denomination. We have, you know, episodic pockets of challenges. We have some people in our denomination who struggle with uh, reconciliation okay. a couple of years ago. But I, be- I believe that those are the super small majority. Yeah. Overall, yeah. man, people are trying to get this gospel to the least, the last, and the lost. And um, I've been received well, and you know what? Um, if they didn't, mm-hmm. God's called me to plant a church. So I, 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 I had to plant it. Baptist, method, I, I don't care. I'm yeah. going to plant this gospel. I'm going to preach this truth. That's right. And, you know, I, I'd be non-denominational, tri-denominational, mm-hmm. whatever. I, I, I like to believe that um, God has called me, and it would have been a sin for me not to plant here. I would have been sinning not That's to right. plant here. So um, denomination is not my identity. Christ is. And I roll with a bunch of crazy Presbyterians that uh-huh, I love. Uh-huh. And they're a mess like every other mess. Yeah, exactly. And they're a mess with me and I'm a mess with them. Mm-hmm. And we love one another. We disagree on some points. Yeah. And we agree on some others. Um, I've had no hindrance thus far. And so, yeah, I'm a unicorn. Yeah, I'm yeah, a black yeah. Presbyterian. <laughs> Find 50 of them out of 5,000 in my denomination. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even a tie. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag black unicorn. <laughs> so, well, like, I mean, as far as like the Calvinism and the Reformed theology, like has there been anything that's kind of come up with that or any struggles with that, uh, especially as, as I think there, uh, from my understanding, that there have been, that there is uh, maybe some things that haven't been dealt with. Or discussed. Yeah, man. Well, you know, if you Google it, you'll come up with your, you know, so my more informed cats, not off, not necessarily off the block per se, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but other cats that come, my, you know, middle-class families, yeah, yeah. Those, you, you know, they've asked questions. Well, you know, it's, it's really a white denomination and they're from the South and they've had a history maybe of racism and okay. owning slaves and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that's a real conversation and Mm -hmm. we've had that real conversation, but by God's grace, man, um, I think the PCA is fighting and, and pushing towards, um, the diversity that the the scriptures call for, I think they're pushing for, and again, I've had no problem and, and, and I'm a real black dude, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm from the street and I came into the PCA without, I don't, you know, I didn't have a bachelor's. So I came through the extraordinary clause and, and God graced me to do that. And, you know. But for me, on the block, man, bro, people haven't, a lot of people just haven't heard the gospel. Yeah. And so I'm dealing with second and third generation, never been to church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two generations never been in. And so um, in terms of reformed theology and all that, man, that, that's not language I use. Yeah, Again, yeah. you know, John and Calvin, <laughs> those dudes, you know, run guns in my neighborhood. So, yeah, yeah. So, but when we talk about sovereignty of God. Yeah. When we talk about we not chipping in on our own salvation. Gotcha. Um, that communicates a sovereignty that communicates an election. It communicates exactly. a predestination without having to use all the words associated with that. Yeah. Be, 
I, I don't think Paul did. <laughs> I, I know Paul in Athens never used that. <laughs> he never quoted the Greek. <laughs> he quoted Zeus. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we use the cultural icons yeah. and the cultural objects to preach Christ. I believe Jesus did that. I believe Paul did that. And um, yes, I, I, I have a, a deep understanding. And mm-hmm. I'm a seminary grad, whatever that means. And yeah, yeah. I got a lot of books and, yeah. you know, I'm Presbyterian. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? I don't have a Calvin tattoo. No, uh, you no. know, I don't have any of that. But, you know, uh, but man, as, but I use that. Paul Tripp told me one time, he said, Doug, if you bring, when you invite somebody over to dinner, mm-hmm. And you get a Cornish hen and garlic imported from Argentina Mm -hmm. and paprika imported from Italy. You don't put the paprika, the garlic, and all the seasonings on the table with a raw chicken. Yeah, yeah. You use that stuff, all that good stuff, to cook the chicken. That's right, that's right. And then you serve the chicken and they eat it and... You've mixed all those things together. Mm-hmm. You've taken your time to cook it. Then you serve them a cooked chicken. So often, sometimes for us reform guys, we we serve the raw chicken yeah. because we spend more time quoting the dude where we imported exactly. the paprika, where we imported the garlic. And man, I really, I'm hungry. I just want some good seasoned chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Paul says, don't, don't serve them. Don't serve them the quotes. Serve them Jesus. That's right. He's already died. He's already cooked for us on the grave, on the cross. He's already died in our place. Preach Jesus. Yeah. And you use reformed theology to cook them sermons so that they're delectable to the people you're serving. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we have to do. And that's what I've done. Um, all those big words and don't mean nothing here. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but they, you know, when I preach John, I say, you know, he's he's the the well springing up unto eternal life. I say he's the Aquafina from heaven. So, mm. <laughs> he's the Panera from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> people walk away saying, yeah. Yeah, there's that Panera. But if, but if I say, well, you know, Burkhoff said. Bur- Burkhoff. <laughs> yeah, who's that guy? <laughs> well, yeah, where's, where's he from? <laughs> I, yeah, he from he he he's in the gang over across. No, oh, no, he's not. He's dead. I love him, but he's not here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, and so like as far as like so there had like as far as hindrances or or any baggage with with uh like how has it been? I think because there's been some issues in the past. I think for for us reformers that we haven't really done a good job of dealing with. As far as like like uh. Propaganda. Sure. Propaganda wrote uh, uh, his piece on precious Puritans. Yes. And I think that there's a, and he was attacked pretty hard for that. Yeah. I would say, and I was surprised by that, to be honest. Um, though, maybe I shouldn't have been. I, I don't know, right? Like, I, I, mean, I mean that. I mean that. Not saying the individuals that were attacking were are overtly racist, or even if they're even intentionally racist. But because it hasn't been dealt with, and if you don't know, you got to go. You need to go listen to it. Yes. Um, it's know, a free. It's free download. It's a free download. You can get it <laughs> exactly. And so there's there's this thing about our 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 past. There's been uh, some atrocities that have happened that we haven't dealt with together. And I'm not sure if that's kind of what you're referring to earlier when you talk about the reconciliation and these pockets, these these small episodes that have happened. Sure. 
Yeah, man, I think um, we, we, you know, as evangelicals, we have a hard time dealing with um, the realities of um, different reformed cats, church fathers and them guys owning slaves. Yeah. And we don't want to have that conversation. Um, we want to push it to say, you know, but it's about the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. So we don't need to demonize the Puritans yeah. to talk about their sin. Yeah. And I'm a pastor. I don't demonize my members to talk about their sin. I don't dismiss my members to talk about their sin. Yeah. But I tell you what, when you've offended me, Jim, you've disrespected me, you've punched me, you stole from me. You ain't just going to leave here and walk back in here and That's say, right. Doug, fix me some food. Can I have a sandwich? Nah. We're going to we deal gotta, with that. We're going to have to deal with that. Absolutely. And we're not divorcing. We're family. That's right. And so when family has a discussion about issues past and present, yeah. We deal with the reality that that's what the gospel's for. The gospel is designed for us to be in a posture of family, be in a posture of community, yeah. and still deal with hard things. Mm -hmm. And yet, because the prevailing reality is we are family because the blood of Jesus has made us that. Amen. And because Amen. of the blood of Jesus, now we deal with those harsh things as family, not as enemies. That's because right. when I have that conversation with some of my white brothers about um Puritans, slave owners, or things like that, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm not divorcing nor dismissing. I'm dealing. Yeah. And after that, we can go drink a beer. Yeah. We can go have a sandwich. Yeah. And we can argue football. Yeah. I'm not divorcing, but I am not doing that. Um and um on to if you agree or disagree, mm -hmm. we're done. Yeah. But we have to have that conversation. Exactly. And let me tell you something. That conversation. Out of relationship and love strengthens yes. Yes. relationship. Absolutely. It makes our message real. That's right. And not this covered up, um, suppressed challenge because then um, often it's the elephant in a room and then we avoid it. No, the gospel is for racism. That's right. The gospel is for the challenges of brothers. The gospel is, is a uniter of races Amen. that were former enemies. That's why in Acts they says... Um, they called them Christians because yeah. it was such a diverse group of people that shouldn't have been friends. Mm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, the gospel is that 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 gospel is is what makes you know that's that's when that when you hear of the Great Commission, we've got to hear bloods coming to Christ and going to share the gospel with Crips who killed their mothers. Yeah, and, but, but I don't know how we reduce it to just a theological proposition. No, it's a relational, real, right. life-changing reality. Mm -hmm. And we can't keep it in the realm of theology. It has to come to the reality of heart. That's right. And so heart requires hard conversations. Jim, you're a married dude. You've had some hard conversations with your wife. Oh, absolutely. You've had some hard. I got, I got three sons. One walked away from the Lord for nearly six years, didn't talk to me mm. for three. Ver verbally didn't speak to me. I had some hard conversations. You know how I processed and dealt with those six years of tension and struggle? Through Jesus. That's right. Through that gospel. And that's what kept me going. That's what kept me breathing. That's what kept me praying. That's what kept me crying. That's what kept me pleading the blood of Jesus for my oldest son. He walks with Jesus. He's a member of our church. Amen. Man, with three kids. Yes. And, I, and we are called to do that with our white brothers, our black brothers. Any type of racial breakdown, racism, breakdown, prejudice, history. Man, let's deal with it. Yeah. Because we... Because... We got some new devils to fight. Yeah. We yeah. got some new issues to deal with. Let's get that out the way so we can get on to it. Get on to the next. Let's yeah. get on to the next. But 
you know, I think that we we just have to have some family meetings. Yeah. And not some divided meetings where if we like what each other says exactly then we will meet together the gospel demands me to be your brother the gospel does not give me a pass because i don't like what you have to say i gotta deal with you even when i don't like you jim i gotta deal with you but but you do like me (laughs) you have the coolest beard ever (laughs) hear that joe and and i'm married 20 some odd years yeah yeah and um my family wasn't happy about me marrying a white girl in the beginning. Mm. And her family sure wasn't married about her marrying some black joker in the beginning. Yeah. So from the N-word to coon to this and that, I was called. My goodness. She okay. was called poor white trash by some of my family. But, um, and we had to have some hard conversations. Yeah. I didn't say, well, I'm done with y'all. They're my family, actually. Yeah. So we pursued them. We loved them. We had some hard conversations. And yeah, I went off and blew my top many a times. I had to come back and repent. Um, I've been called more racial slurs. I got called racial slurs so bad, Jim, by some of my wife's family. I had to Google it to figure out what they was calling me. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know what they said. I don't want to know. Amen. So, however, from that, then to over a time period of challenge, of struggle, of yeah. tears, of pain, of tension, man... A lot of my wife's family came to know Jesus. Oh, my goodness. And I was called one thing back in the day. Now they call me pastor. Oh, wow. So that's, but we had to grind out for seven to ten. Yeah. Couldn't divorce and dismiss. I had to deal with it. And it was tough. And I didn't get the answers I always wanted. Yeah. But I had a God who kept me because my identity wasn't in, if we reconciled, my identity was in the mission of God. That's right. To get the gospel to him. So when you say they, they call me pastor now, are, are you saying some of them are attending? Yes, they attend the church, call me pastor, my mother-in-law, my brother-in-law. Oh, wow. attended a church of mine, my sister-in-law. I love them. We are family. And, you know. Not just family, but brothers and sisters in Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ came to know Damn, Jesus. My wow. wife was an atheist. My, they, they didn't believe in Jesus. They believe in Jesus. I mean, I've had the blessing of baptism of them. And wow. We cool. And. Wow, what a beautiful story of of the gospel of reconciliation. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, and so, but it was a hard road to get there. Is what you're saying, though? Hard right? it was road. A hard road to get there. Lots of conversations, and I blew it on a lot of those conversations. Yeah, yeah. She, they blew it on some of those conversations, but we didn't back out and punk out. Yes, I kept fighting. I kept pursuing. That's right. Just like Jesus did with me. Amen. As many times as I felt convicted, it was the next time I ran and I ran harder for sin, ran harder in sin. And Jesus' relentless hesed, his violent pursuit of me, mm. while I was running, he never said, see, I done tried. Yeah. Jesus doesn't try anything. He had a plan in place to snatch my raggedy self out of darkness into light. And so when we recognize how hard we ran and sinned against Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to deal when we have racial and racial tension Yeah, to fight for one another. Expe- in the church. Yeah. In we, the church. We should be able to have these conversations. We should be able to deal with these things. We should be able to have that understanding of we're family. We're not leaving. Actually, I think even now in my head, I'm thinking, uh, I think Trip Lee actually had, had said that once as well. Right, like in a video, I think over at Desiring God, it might have been Triple E. I'm positive it was Triple E, but I could be wrong. Uh, 
But I think that's the picture that we often forget. That's the picture that we often neglect to to think about, especially in our culture, in our day and age now, where there's this racial tension prevalent throughout our country. I mean, and I I don't know. How do you say it? Like, it feels like there's this double standard. It feels like, like you got to think, right? When you're trying to, and you can't even have the conversation because sometimes you hear this, this talk of, well, hold on. It's been 50-something years. Shouldn't we just get over it and move on? We should not. We should deal with it. Oh, yeah. We should. We serve a God. I mean, then if that's the case, let's just dismiss the history of Israel, too. Yeah. That was a long time ago, too. Yeah. No, we deal with the realities. We learn from the scriptures. We learn from how God reconciled Jew and Gentile. Mm -hmm. We learn from how God reconciles Hebraic and and um, Hellenistic Jews. We learn from Timothy being circumcised because the, 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 the Jewish Christians struggled with him, this biracial kid. Yeah. We learn um, at the Council of Jerusalem how there was supposedly this this false conformity to Judaism to be a Christian mm -hmm. and how we had to deal with that. And when that report came back in, in Acts 15, what happened? They said, the whole people rejoiced Amen. at this reconciliation. Yes, but it was hard. It That's required right. some meetings, some disagreements, yeah. some arguments, some 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 wrong words said on both sides and some right words said on both sides yeah. till we figured it out. Yep. And I'm committed to figuring out. Listen, I didn't I'm I didn't have an option. I came to faith on a Wednesday. Okay. My wife and atheist came to faith on a Thursday. Mm. We got married on a Friday. Oh, no. <laughs> I was preaching uh, the the next Sunday on the street. Worst sermons you ever heard. But I was preaching <laughs> out there. And we had, you know, the gospel has racial implications. That's it right. had dealt with our families not liking each other. It That's dealt right. with our families, her family not liking me and mine not liking her. It has, it, it has family implications. It had the things to do with our marriage, how we raised our kids. Which grandparent was saying the wrong and right thing yeah. to our kid? Man, the gospel had something to do with all of that. I can't dismiss myself from that. And you know how we dealt with it? How's that? How's we that? We spent our time in the word and our time on our knees and our time loving people who had a hard time loving us. Wow. And by God's grace, we in the crock pot of his grace, hmm. we messed around and... By God's grace, man, I got a host of family believers. Wow. White and black, rocking together, who were former enemies. Isn't that the picture of the gospel? Absolutely. Amen. That's the, that's the picture. I don't know why we don't deal with it. And so I don't want it to bubble over. No. I, I, I want to get it out. Let's get it. You know, I want to, you know, propaganda says this before he preaches. Let's just punch the awkward. Let's just punch the awkward. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah, just yeah. deal with it, man, so we can mess around and be friends. Yeah, yeah. And um, but a lot of times we we just try to avoid it. I mean, even the whole conversation with uh, Colin Kaepernick, right? That whole conversation was it it like, well, who is this guy? How unpatriotic of him! But no one talks about Tom Brady, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, Tom Brady doesn't go and to when the White House. Exactly, it doesn't make the press. And hold it on, doesn't no. trend. Oh, well, yeah. Well, let's give context there, right? Because. Tom Brady, well, hold on. He he went to the White House before, though, right? Like when he he did. He went when Bush was in office, but when uh, Deflate Gate came out, uh -huh. um, this is reported. You know, Skip Bayless and um, Stirl and Sharp was on um, on newscast. Nelly was on there, and it's been all over Facebook and all over thing. Like 
Tom Brady didn't like what Obama administration had to say about the flake gate and stuff like that. I think he felt like one of the press guys did a, a snide remark and he chose not mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl to go to the White House. Mm. I, I I didn't know about it until after a few people that didn't aren't the same color as Tom Brady are decided not to go to this White House. Gotcha. And so um I didn't even know about it. I didn't I didn't know about it. Um nobody snitched on him. Mm-hmm. And um but now He's going to this White House for this handshake, and there's a there's a host of African American players that aren't going, mm. and now it's a whole conversation. But Col- and but nobody says a word when he didn't go to the White House then. But Colin Kaepernick shows up to the game, yeah, and he, Colin Kaepernick um, would love to go to the White House for a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, he would. Love, <laughs> yeah, he, he wants that. He wants that. He, he would love to go. Eh? And actually, even at that point, when you say he showed up to the game. He was on the bench at that point. On, on the bench, taking a knee. Yeah. In which our soldiers fought for him to have the right and the privilege to protest. That's right. And in a respectful way. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it trended and it, he was called unpatriotic. Unpatriotic. But Tom Brady, though, he's a national treasure. He don't, yeah, he, he, he's, he's got special swag. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we're being facetious here, but yes, we have to consider this double standard. And so when that conversation comes up, there shouldn't be Hatfield and McCoy's in the church about this. Yeah. Yes. There shouldn't be. I mean, people get really defensive really fast when this conversation comes up. They just do. And, and, you know, in terms of America, yeah, people are going to get that way. But when I hear these type of backbiting, backstabbing, fighting, Gnawing at each other in the church. Yeah. Man, come on, man. We are called to lead the way in reconciliation. That's right. And yes, we're passionate and we're crazy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's cool. Yep. Um, But we lead the way. Amen. In reconciliation. Amen. We read the way in, in gracefully disagreeing. That's right. We lead the we We ought to. Yeah. And so, yes... I might have a, a brother who is a pro-Trump guy who is, you know, it's going to be more passionate about the brothers, but African-Americans not going to the White House. Yeah. And then I'm going to have some African-American brothers who are going to be very passionate about people dogging Kaepernick for taking the knee. Yeah. But you, I grew up in the hood and man, you know what, when, if I got into a fight with one of my, my male cousins, we know we, you know what our rule was? We don't hit in the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all body blows. That's it. That's it. So Christians. We don't hit in the face. Mm. We even fight like family. Yeah. And um, so our disagreements don't supersede our relationship with God and one another. Amen. And so when it does, we have to challenge that. Mm -hmm. We have to call that out and we have to deal with it as family. And so, yeah, we can be passionate either way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But we but we have to stand together and figure it out. Yes. We don't get off the hook to work it out. We can't say, well, it's, well, I'm done. Yeah. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're demanded to love me. The gospel demands you love. It's not a suggestion if you love me. You will love love your neighbor as yourself, yeah. and you'll know us by the love we have for one another. That's right. You don't get off the hook from loving me. Even when I'm an idiot, you better love me, That's Christian. Right. Amen. And deal with me. You're going to have to deal with me in heaven. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm your eternal brother. Jim, you're more my brother and because of the blood of Jesus 
than if I had a natural brother who didn't know Jesus. Mm. And I'm as justified now as I will be in heaven. I'm as loved by God right now as I will be in heaven. And I'm as much family, eternal family with you that I, we won't become deeper brothers in heaven. No. We are brothers right now. Exactly. And we're going to deal Amen. with each other. Amen. Period. And when I'm an idiot, you are called to love me. Mm. And when you're, I have to do the same. And we don't do all this dismissive, arguing, dismissing, and boom, tying our positions to our relationship with one another in Christ. Get out of here. Yeah. That's clownish. Absolutely. That's clownish. That's clownish. We got to work it through. Absolutely. We got to work it through. And it's hard. Yeah. Don't hear me saying like it's easy. It's yeah, like hard. it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, it's not Because it hasn't happened in 50 years. Amen. You know Amen. what I'm saying? But 50 years ain't that long. No, and, and that's just it. That's the thing. It's not that long. Why do we think that? Oh, it's been 50 years because... There's people alive that have still like that still at that point we're still suffering through certain things. Right, right. They're no. still dealing with these things. It ain't it's it's recent history. It it just absolutely is. And for us, it is, sometimes when I hear some of my white brothers say, "But you know, like get over it. It was so long ago." Feel that feels so, just so repulsive let's just call it culturally insensitive but all right repulsive. well you're 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 a very gracious man you are a very gracious man to love your brothers continue you're doing what you just got done saying you're doing amen thank you brother so in that cultural insensitivity mm -hmm. i'll give an example at a christian school my son went to a young man called him a nigger and a monkey mm. one day at school and goodness um My son had ministered to the young man, and I didn't know he had called him that before he brought him to my house. Yeah. So he called him that, and my son still brought him to my house to share the gospel with him. Oh, wow. And some General So chicken from the Chinese store. Okay, okay. And, um, man, and I didn't know that. So I get a call that Aaron's been in a fight, and, you know, my son's a academic guy. Yeah. He's, he's a real Presbyterian. You know, he's got... Calvin Institutes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, he's 19 now, but then he was in high school. And I said, son, what happened? And he told me, he said, dad, I'm trying to work with the young man. But I had to jack him up a little bit because he went too far the day. Yeah. And um, he told the young man, I forgive you. He says, I don't want to, but I do. Mm. I mean, when I heard what this young man said, and I shared you the, I shared you one sentence of a ten-minute barrage of yeah. racial slurs. My son didn't dismiss this young man. No, he forgave him. He had called him those names before, and he still brought him to my house, and said, "The reason you talk like that, and you think you can talk me like that." It's because obviously you lack joy and you don't know Jesus. Wow. 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 So come eat some of this General Soul chicken mm -hmm. and let's watch some Dragon Ball Z. Oh. <laughs> and after that, he said that my son showed me what it looks like to love your enemy. Amen. And um, I got I, I came to that school to teach on cultural sensitivity to mm -hmm. that school. And the principal gave me three hours with. Half the school. Oh, wow. And um, the pizza was great. <laughs> <laughs> and we had fun and we talked. 
And that young man came up to me and apologized and shook my hand. And I had a hard time shaking his hand. And he hugged my son. And he told a little joke. Mm -hmm. This is four days after. I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. But to look at my son embrace this, these slurs. My son said, well, dad, if the gospel can't deal with this, what is it then? Wow. And so. That's powerful. High school student. High school student, man. Put me to shame. Put me to shame now and I'm 30 (laughs) something. (laughs) Yeah, because I I wanted to say, yeah, hit him now. Get him now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? And that just reminded me Mm -hmm. that we don't have a a political party gospel. Yeah. We have an all-encompassing, devil-fighting, life-changing, light-into-darkness gospel. Amen. That permeates every area, invades all spaces of darkness, and it calls us to ownership of the lostness of this world and to love people who hate us. That's right. We don't get off the hook. No. There is no non-suffering Christian because we don't have a non-suffering Messiah. Oh, wow. So we got, it, it doesn't exist. So is it hard to deal with the racial tensions of this country? Yes. Yes. Are you going to get some slurs? Yeah. Well, our leader, our king, our, our grand imperial majesty was put to death on a nasty, filthy cross with somebody's dirty nails. Because they didn't have a Home Depot on Golgotha. They just pulled it out of somebody else's hand. Mm. And he died a gruesome death. The song says, with no one to wipe the death dew from his forehead. Amongst the flies and the curses and the evil and the stench of, of, of excrement. And he was one million percent innocent. Mm. Holy, harmless, and undefiled. And we're all guilty. That's right. How much more ought we to grind? Yes. Have a gospel grind with people who hate us. Doggone straight. And we got to grind it out. Period. This is Christianity. It's not a Thomas Kincaid picture. No. It's not la, 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 la. Yeah. No, nah, man. It's rugged. Yep. People die here. People lose family members in this gospel living. Mm. It ain't no cutesy, cutesy. It's rugged. We have a real enemy, a real devil. We got real people with real problems. It's not this cutesy, come to small group and talk about some cute stuff, and then we sing, here I am to worship. No, man, people are dying. People have AIDS. People have cancer. People, There's white people who hate black people. There's black people who hate white people. There's all types of stuff. There's political parties and arguments and, and all types of implications. And we are called to love Amen. and lead. Amen. With the gospel. We don't get off the hook. Pastor Doug, I just want to thank you for taking the time uh, for coming on this podcast. Uh, I am incredibly humbled and blessed uh, for just being able to sit here and talk with you and to hear your heart, uh, your heart for for the glory of God, your heart for Camden, uh, your heart for even just reconciliation. is is apparent and i just praise god for the ministry that he's given you um i i just want to thank you for for coming on man god be the glory jim great to have you and um um and we're not smoking cigars (laughs) (laughs) don't believe that (laughs) i didn't say that i didn't say that that's him it's just him y'all it's him i'm baptist (laughs) yeah I'm Baptist right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Padow. Mm. Oh, I told you. So good. I told dude, you. Dude, it was so funny because you were like, dude, 
this is going to be one of the best podcasts. I actually felt bad. I felt bad because like as soon as it was done, I FaceTimed Joe yeah. with Pastor Doug right there. I'm like, right. uh, this is the best podcast we've ever had. This not, is it's definitely not the best. No, I can no say it's that. the best. I, I can say and then I told the that best. I told that to my dad because he was right. in Philly as well. Your dad's well. a smart guy. I like he goes, he goes, what he said. Hey, he goes, you didn't tell that to Joe, did you? I'm like, heck yeah, I did. I told Joe. He's <laughs> so like, your dad's oh. smart. No, yeah, it wasn't the best because I wasn't there. I, no. I, think, I, I think, don't know. Think you the tell us. Knows. Hashtag best podcast. No. Oh, no. Here you go. Hashtag mofofo. No Jojo. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see how that takes off. Because mofofo. I think, uh, the people like it when, when no I'm Jojo. Involved. But here's the thing. But it I was, felt like I felt like Pastor Doug and I had this chemistry there. Okay, so you did. You did. It was really good. And here's the thing. And, and this is what's going to prove that what you did was epic. Okay? okay, go ahead. Because I am so much better than you on the podcast, right? I am like like you are small potatoes, mm-hmm. and I'm like a potato casserole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, big yeah. and lumpy, big, and uh, oh, and desirable. Everybody wants a potato casserole. So here's not the a lumpy thing. one. No, 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 but good one. So here's the thing. Uh, I am so much better than you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. But you went and made it did a lot better than you one ever would. of the best podcasts ever. Without well, the, me. the best, the best. So yeah. that just shows you. Here is what it shows you: how good Doug Logan is. Uh, you know, I can't you deny can't that. argue with. That. I can't argue with that. All right, but this you know what? A, Doug, you know what? Doug Pastor Doug did tell me afterwards. Oh no, no his friends don't call him that. Well, we, they call him, yeah, yeah. P, P Diddy. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I am also like, it's hard for me to do that. I am like, oh, Pastor Doug. It'd be the same if I was like. You know, meeting uh, Matt Chandler. You know, I'd be like, "Oh, Pastor Matt, I just don't know what uh, what's oh, the no. right." No. It's a culture of honor, son. No. I, I, you're the only one. First in of my all, phone, in ain't my nobody want to meet Matt this. Chandler. How about this? How about this, Doug Logan? Though, when when I first met you, yeah. you were in my phone as Pastor Joe. Oh yeah, and then I got to know you and see who you really are. Yeah, and now you're. Pastor Poopstain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that honor. I feel very culture of honor. I, I feel very honored. But no, it was really, uh, it was really great. I I enjoyed being with uh, Pastor Doug. I enjoyed yeah. being able to talk with him, hearing his heart. Like the thing that I don't think you guys are able to see, and I tried to really talk well, about. We can't it see it. It's audio. It's not video. But you you, so you can't see. When it. I'm there, when I was there, and you could see into his eyes. Yeah. You could see this this deep love mm-hmm. and passion. I bet that I mean he was. He, I think the way you said it, like it was a it was a sermon about love. Dude was lit up. I mean, you could feel this coming off. Oh, like, I wish you could was, see. I wish it was a video because he like he would sit there and he would be like his hat would his hat would be like back for backwards and then back up and back like he would. Yeah, he, it was just like he didn't. He wouldn't. At some points, he wouldn't even look at me. He wouldn't even no, look at man. me. He would just be like, Ugh! and you know, like you know, he's not putting on an act because he was just no. hanging with you in his in his doghouse. <laughs> what he well, was hanging out in. <laughs> it, it used to be a doghouse, right. and yes, now it's it's uh, his. I, you know, it's it's a pastoral study. Is yeah, now it's a pastoral. study. It's a pastoral study. study. Right. Let's. Okay. We're just gonna yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. It's back in his pastoral doghouse. study. So, um, look, uh, I hope you guys were encouraged. I hope you guys were challenged. I hope that the listeners were. Um, like it, it shouldn't be easy to listen to. Like no. this kind of a conversation should challenge you. Oh, I was challenged it, in the midst of it. So, um, great stuff, Jimmy. You did a you did a really good job. Um, is this a bless your heart moment, Jimmy? No, no, is that what man, this no, is? Listen, hey, is man, that what this is? Look, you know, um, no, I feel it, like that's did, what this is. Listen, I feel, you did a super super good job with that. Interview. Can we put this podcast on our refrigerator? Cause that's you know, what I feel that, like you're, that's you're... where it's going to go next to all the janky drawings that the rest of my kids make. It's going to go right up there because I love it. Not because it's good, but because you made it. 
Good I job, hate you good so job, much. Son. No, it was awesome, dude. It was really, really good. And uh, I know people are going to love it. This thing should take off. Yeah, it's a long podcast. That's how much we love you. We give you extra. Mm. Who complains about extra? You want a second piece of pie? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Hey, you know, you, you can get the six-ounce steak, but how about the 12-ounce steak? Oh, yes, thank you. Thank For you. For free? That's yeah, right. That's what we, that's we right. give you free Logan. Medium rare. Just like you like it. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. I don't even All know right. where to go. All right. So um, listen, if you guys want to support the podcast, you can like us on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash doctrine and devotion. You can follow us on tw- Twitter or Instagram. It's at doc and devo. You can go to our website. And if you want to support us, you can shop. We've got shirts, journals. We've got hoodies. Uh, we've got goblets with your name written on it in the doc and devo font. Uh, Wait, did you say got, goblets? Yeah. We have these golden goblets. We do not have, have a, any of that stuff. We, we have go- golden goblets. We do not. It, you pick your name. And you no. Just type your name and you get it's it. Not it's not there, like, guys. Okay, it's well, not there. One day. No. Maybe one day. All kinds of good stuff. So go over there, shop. And uh, if you click through any of our links that go to books on Amazon, uh, and if you shop and buy anything there, you support the podcast. That's what helps to keep this thing running so that we don't go poor by putting it out there. So uh, anything else? Fresh pod? Are we out to the fresh pod part? Every Monday and Thursday. New posts on Wednesday. Wednesdays. And new email content for our email subscribers video stuff on Fridays coming soon. Yeah, coming soon. He keeps saying that. Big thanks to jbondmedia.com. Thanks, Justin. Later. Later. <laughs>